from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Always appreciate having you as a part of the show, and thank you so much for tuning in to the broadcast. You have all been awesome throughout the years. I can't believe that we are heading right around 15 years of broadcasting and I started with MU Courtside at Marywood University, moved into the Dan Tortora show, which became Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And that is where we sit right now. And you could get all of what Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is by simply going to wakeupcalldt.com. And you'll get the live feed right there on the homepage of MixLR. The MixLR bar is what I like to call it. So you'll see that, and then you'll also see the opportunity to uh, connect with the show on the RSS feed. You'll have the iTunes downloadable podcast, and you'll have the opportunity to listen to the show as well by downloading the app powered by Podbean. And you can click on any of those right on the homepage to be a part of the show in over 830 episodes. So don't miss an opportunity to be a part of it. And thank you to everybody who has. And if you haven't become a member of MixLR.com backslash DT, this morning is the time to do so. It is free and easy down the road we go. All you have to do is connect yourself to the show by becoming a member on wake up, on MixLR.com backslash call. DT and it's free to do so it'll connect you with the show by emailing you every time we go live and it will give you an opportunity to chat with us in the live chat room so make sure you do all of that this morning it is very very easy it's just a couple clicks on wakeupcalldt.com and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcall wakeupcalldt and all of a sudden you are connected to all that you need as you know you find us on facebook at wakeupcalldt Twitter at CallDT, and Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT. So, all the ways to connect with the show are in front of you there, and of course on YouTube.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. So whenever somebody says, how do I get a hold of you? How do, how do I get in touch with what's going on here? How do I connect with the show? I'm like, do you have a pen? <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a lot of ways to connect with the show. And I appreciate all the avenues that you take to do so. So thank you so much for that. With that being said, let's get into today's morning menu. There's a lot to talk about on a stacked morning menu. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is... Live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Today's morning menu for Tuesday, February 20th of 2018. We're going to start off with Chick-fil-A. Yeah, we are. You know, this show is where sports meets life, and sports is definitely meeting life, and did last night 
at a special premier private party for Chick-fil-A. So we're going to discuss that in just a moment here. What I took away from something that I've waited over a decade for, and you know the Chick-fil-A is always connecting with the sports world with the Chick-fil-A kickoff game and the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl as as well as the other things that Chick-fil-A has done when they were on the border and were able to make, I think it was a, a Georgia-Auburn Chick-fil-A like makeshift store that they put out right on the border of Alabama and Georgia so that they could bring fans together to share in Chick-fil-A even though they're cheering for different teams. So we'll discuss my experience of the first Chick-fil-A in Central New York in just a minute. And then at 9.45 a.m. Eastern Time, I will be joined by Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball alum and friend of mine, Otis Hill, will be joining in the show, Cuse in the House. Oh, my God. And then after that, at 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time, I will be joined by Jaleel McRae. Jaleel McRae in the second hour of the show will be discussing with me so many different things, including, obviously, what's going on with his recruitment and all of the schools that are top of mind for him right now. Syracuse, Texas A&M, NC State, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Georgia, Florida State, and of course, the team he decommitted from but is still interested in, the Florida Gators. So, that will all be coming up. Jaleel McRae, and depending on where you look, he's a four-star, five-star. This is an athlete at IMG Academy, linebacker in Bradenton, Florida. He's going to finish up at IMG in December and enroll early at the college that he chooses for January, so he will be playing in the spring, not just the fall, for 2019 to get himself ready for college football. He has plenty of offers, plenty of opportunities, big-time schools. He's going to talk Syracuse and everything else coming up at 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time, and then we will round out the show on Tuesday, like we always do, with the ingredients to success, proudly presented by Utica Pizza Company on 628 South Main Street, in North Syracuse, New York, and you could get to them for catering, takeout, and delivery as well by calling 315-214-3060. And don't miss a moment of getting that pizza, those chicken riggies, Utica greens, and all that they have to offer very, very soon, because you can call them during the show here as they're getting ready to open in just a little bit. You can call them up, and pre-order whatever you need, and then go over and get it in, on 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York. So, with that being said, let's jump into the first topic of the day. We'll start with food, and we'll end with food, ironically. But, you know, there's a lot of good food here in Central and Upstate New York, so why not? Connect with the community. And connecting with the community, how about this? Chick-fil-A finally, 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 finally... Finally, 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 is coming to Central and upstate New York. It will be opening this Thursday, February 22nd. But before they open this Thursday, they had a private premiere night. For those of you that connect with me on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at CallDT, and Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT, you saw the video of me sitting inside of the dining room. I've been to plenty of Chick-fil-A in my life, and this one is massive. The parking lot is massive. The drive through 
is a true drive-through where you're not trying to pull your car out and you get stuck and this, that, and the other. Because some of the Chick-fil-A's, when you're trying, if you if you're eating inside and you've pulled your car into a parking spot, when you try to get out, that's right in the drive-through lane and the pass-through lane. So that's all changed. The drive-through is all around the building. The parking is outside of that. They have an infrared heating system on the outside of the building to keep their people warm while they take your order outside. And on the interior, they also they have the Chick-fil-A, you know, kind of party place for the kids. And you could sit in a Chick-fil-A car, which I'm going to do my best to do so, even though I'm not a child anymore. I'm a child at heart, so I'm going to see if I can get myself up in that car. The dining room is absolutely massive. We got to take a backstage VIP pass to the kitchen and see where everything gets made and how it gets made and what goes on and all that good stuff and and to see why the Chick-fil-A sandwich tastes so good and why they take the extra care and concern for what they have and that Chick-fil-A is not about taking something frozen and doing this and that. Things aren't, you know, their chicken is not pre-made in the sense of it's they have to take it there once the chicken comes out they roll it in the bread and all that. I mean, they get it going and they get it mixed up right there. So the breading of the chicken happens on site as you're ordering chicken. And they can get this whole process done very, very quickly for the chicken sandwich. So the the original creator had it in less than five minutes and they got it down to 420. So we learned some things being inside the kitchen about how they make it and why they make it and what they use and the healthy choices and the different things that they do to make it better. So yeah, it's a fast food chain, but there's more care and concern of it not being your typical fast food and to make it healthier, to make it better, and to have healthier choices. Because some of the choices on that menu, I know that every, you know, the waffle fries are what you get, but there's some really awesome choices we got to try yesterday, which was really, really good. So I know the owner and operator of the Chick-fil-A here in Cicero and he invited me to this premiere night, my wife and I, and he said, I want to, and this is something that meant something to me in the community. He said, Dan, I want to, I don't want to just invite you. He said, can you come by the store? I want to, I want to hand deliver you this opportunity. You know, he's like, I want to hand deliver you the VIP invitation and I want to talk to you about it. So I drove over there in the snow and he wouldn't let me go inside. I had already seen the inside, so it wasn't like a under wraps. He, he wouldn't let me go inside because he wanted to bring it out to me so I didn't have to get out in the cold and I didn't have to worry about any of that. He wanted to bring me out and, and just do that. And the thing is, this is the thing about the owner and the operator of the Chick-fil-A in Cicero. I care a lot about customer service and how you treat people. How he has treated me from day zero has been very, very well. Very humble, very appreciative, and very kind. And the appreciation I have for that is leaps and it's leaps and bounds. It really is. Because driving in there and having an opportunity to go to this private party, I was like, this is great. And then when he was like, I want you to come over. I want to personally give you your VIP invitation, even though I've told you over the phone. And then when I get there, he's like, no, 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 you don't have to get outside in the cold and whatnot. He said, stay in your car. 
I'm going to run out. I'll get it. I'll bring it to you. And he stood out in the middle of the parking lot in the snow to hand me that while he was getting ready for what looked like to be a, a pretty big meeting. And with the staff. And that, I mean, things like that, moments like that, mean the world to me. So he wanted my wife Kate and I to come, and we did. And we showed up, and we got to see the mascot. Obviously, the cows, you know, the eat more chicken cows. Cool. One of the coolest things that I could talk about is everybody at their place had an eat more chicken stuffed animal cow to take home. And as much as I love Chick-fil-A, I love that cow. I think just as much as, as I love the sandwich, taking that home and getting a nice little uh, nice little cow that reminds me to eat more chicken. So Otto was there from Syracuse doing his thing. And uh, we got to take a picture with them. And they did Polaroids, which I thought was so cool and classic because they take a picture. And then my wife was like, well, how do we get the picture? Where does the picture go? And it pops right up out of the thing because, you know, we, Kate was thinking they're going to take all these pictures, put them on the Internet and whatnot. Nope. Takes the picture, pops it out, comes right to you. It develops while you're sitting at your table. So we go over and and, uh, and we did, you know, obviously the backstage tour of the kitchen like I spoke about. And we took a picture with the gentleman from Orlando that was there. We got to talk to him for a couple minutes. I told him that, you know, I got big on Chick-fil-A when I was in living in Florida and uh, living in Orlando, working with Disney and ESPN at the same time. And so that was cool for him and I to make that connection and for him to have a connection up here in upstate New York. So it was really cool to, to meet him and speak with him. And, and, uh, and I appreciate that a lot. He was our tour guide for the backstage pass. And if I may give him a shout out, let me see here if I can, uh, if I can, uh, so to Brett, I want to thank Brett for, for taking us around the Chick-fil-A kitchen. So thank you to Brett, who is originally from down in Florida. And uh, it's very comforting to have an Orlandonian and somebody who has uh, a nice Floridian accent up here in central New York. Because, as you know, Florida is my second home. So that means uh, a lot to me. And, uh, and, and I appreciate uh, everything that you do down in Florida because obviously I, I connect that to all the way back to, um, to what I, you know, to, to me up here and to that being my second home. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for being a part of the opening here. So we got to do that. And then the wife and I sat down and there's people everywhere and they're playing music and we're having a good time and it's jam packed. And we got to try, you know, I get to try the yogurt parfait I got to try some of their uh, superfood healthy choices, their their salad, oh my God, with the the nuts, and I think it's cranberries, and oh my God, they have creamy salsa dressing, and all these different things, because I always get the same stuff when I'm there. I, I love getting the, the Chick-fil-A nuggets, love getting the Chick-fil-A nuggets, always, 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 always. So I get the Chick-fil-A nuggets, Polynesian sauce, waffle fries, whatnot, but they were the first to institute the fruit cup. And so you have the, the fruit cup there now. And that was, I mean, that was amazing. So we have we have the fruit cup there. And, and to find out that information that they were the first ones to do the fruit cup and all these things that they were first to do and first put out there, that they introduced the nugget to the fast food world before McDonald's did. Just, you know, really cool information that I didn't know. 
So I'm sitting there with my wife and we're trying the food and we're having a good time and I'm and I'm in awe because I've waited for Chick-fil-A to come to Syracuse in this area. As Cicero, I, I mean I say Syracuse, but you know, this this central New York area. I've been waiting for a Chick-fil-A to come here for at least a decade. And the owner operator of this Chick-fil-A who cares about God and cares about this community and wants to be special, doesn't want to just be Chick-fil-A, but wants to be Chick-fil-A Cicero. Our conversations and our sit-downs and our walks in the snow, so to speak, we were walking from, you know, building to, uh, you know, to the other part where he was working at. I, you know, when you have a good feeling about somebody, you have a good feeling about somebody. And I'm really happy that he's here. I'm happy that I got to meet some people from Atlanta, from the main hub of Chick-fil-A, who are really super nice. And I'm excited about this Chick-fil-A because not only is Chick-fil-A finally coming here after a decade of me begging and pleading and, and hoping, I remember sitting in the airport a couple years ago in the, in the Detroit airport because they have Chick-fil-A there, and I wrote a message to Chick-fil-A. I took a picture of my Chick-fil-A, and it said, like, Chick-fil-A is coming to Albany. And I, I took a picture of my Chick-fil-A food and put a message on Twitter and tagged Chick-fil-A. And I said, close, but not close enough. And then I put Chick-fil-A Syracuse. So it, it's really crazy in what a couple of years can do to bring Chick-fil-A here to my home, to central New York. And, you know, for me to not have to fly down to Florida for Chick-fil-A. And hope that I'm in the Detroit airport and Atlanta airport for Chick-fil-A. Or hope that I'm in Charlotte for Chick-fil-A. That I can literally get it right down the road from some of the other great businesses that I'm proud to work with. So it really does, it's surreal for me and it's strange for me. But the things I like about Chick-fil-A, they care about their food. They care about how it goes out. They care about their experience. Because that premiere night... I mean, they went all out for it. They're giving away prizes. We're trying, like, you know, you get to try all items throughout the menu. You're not just ordering your favorites. They wanted you to get a feel for everything. You know, they're bringing everything to you. It's always my pleasure. They're I mean, there was a person standing out in the rain last night so people knew where to pull in. And there were people standing outside in the rain with that person on the other side by the Chick-fil-A entrance that had umbrellas. And as you're walking in, a person runs over to you and it puts an umbrella over your head and wants to make sure that you're comfortable. And that even though my wife and I had our hoodies up and this guy runs over and he's like, hi, he's like, you guys, you need an umbrella. And then when we go to leave, this woman comes out of nowhere and she goes, where's your car parked? I'll follow you with this umbrella. To pull out all the stops and to have Liz that was there, thank you to Liz who was emceeing, thank you Liz, working in the corporate office and everything that, that she did for the event, had never met her before then and she seems very sweet and caring, had a lot of fun, you know, it's not your typical management team and it's not your typical place because they do promote God and they promote a belief in something bigger than you. And they promote family. And they promote community. So to me, it's not just, hey, we're opening another fast food restaurant. It's, hey, we're opening a place that's totally different from any other place you've been to. Yeah, the food is different. 
But the people, the way that they act and who they hire, it's different. You know, and you want to talk about this, that, and the other thing. I want to talk about, when I look at Chick-fil-A, I look at a place that says, God bless, my pleasure, have a blessed day. I've never ordered a burger or a sandwich or salad or whatever anywhere else where somebody's been like, God bless you. Have a blessed day. My pleasure. How's your day? Like, when you go through Chick-fil-A, I'm already excited that I'm getting the food because I love their food. And now I'm walking out of there going, you know what? I just had somebody swear at me on the phone or I had somebody cut me off on this or I had this happen or that happen. And when they stop and they say, God bless you, you have a blessed day. We appreciate everything we do. And they make small talk. When somebody says that, when you get a, have a blessed day, sir. I'm like, you know what? My day isn't that bad. And thank you. I hope you do too. People forget this, but all it takes to help somebody's day is to say, excuse me. Or, hello. Or, let me get that door for you. Or, I hope you have a great day. Or they see your hat and they go, I love that team. Or, congrats to your team in the playoffs this year. Little things that make humans connect with humans that they don't know already is always a special thing. Strangers want to tell you what they think about everything in your life on social media. Wouldn't it be great for a stranger on social media, and more importantly in person, to tell you something positive just because? And Chick-fil-A does that. And I will tell you that that premier event was a wonderful, once-in-a-lifetime blessing for a kid that's wanted Chick-fil-A forever and a day to come to Central New York. If you would have told me I would get invited to the premier night that has a finite VIP list and get invited by the owner-operator to be there with my wife, I wouldn't have believed you. I bet no way. Hell no. I would <laughs> pass out. But those are the moments in life that mean a lot to me. And it might sound crazy to you, but those are the moments that bring tears to my eyes. That I've waited and waited for a company like Chick-fil-A to come in with the food that I love and the hospitality and the belief in God. And that right before they open their doors, they say, Dan, will you and your wife be here for our premiere night before anybody else gets to see it? Will you guys come? And that, that's a moment in time that I hope to never forget. And I thank you, Chick-fil-A. And I thank you, Chick-fil-A Cicero. And I cannot wait to get my spicy chicken biscuit and my Chick-fil-A nuggets. We'll take a fast break and we'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. 
Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrySigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrySigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in DrySig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrySigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Muddy Waters Kitchen and Bar is your home on the water for every season. Join them on Wednesdays for all-you-can-eat wings, chicken thighs, and drumsticks from 3 to 9 p.m. And on Thursdays, join me, Dan Tortora, for live game show night. A new night out unlike anything you've played before in central and upstate New York every Thursday at 7 p.m. And while you're there on Thursdays at Muddy Waters Kitchen and Bar from 5 to 9 p.m., join them for the barbecue all-you-can-eat buffet with buffet-style sides, ribs, and pulled pork chicken thighs and drumsticks and on wednesdays and thursdays all day happy hour you know how to get it done right at muddy waters kitchen and bar on two oswego street in baldwinsville new york welcome back here to wake up call with dan tortora on wake up call dt.com your one-stop sports shop and on mixlr.com backslash wake up call dt this morning in the morning menu for tuesday february 20th We are going to have, in just a little bit here, Otis Hill on the show to discuss Syracuse Orange men's basketball in about 15 minutes. He'll be on the show. But before we get to Otis, I want to discuss bracketology. Because as you know, folks, I do my own bracketology as we go through championship week and the conference tournaments that are going on. So I'll be doing mine coming up here. I like to see the full body of work after the regular season and all that good stuff, and then I start to make my thoughts and put it all together, but there's been some early bracketology done, so make sure you go to wakeupcalldt.com for my bracketology 
coming up here and don't miss a moment of it because I'm going to give my thoughts and my opinions and then that can change over time obviously with how these teams play but the bracketology that I'm looking at right now I'd like to see you know what other people got what's going on and whatnot the overall number one seed right now is is Virginia Virginia Villanova Kansas and Xavier all have number one seeds I don't know about Kansas that might be the weakest one but Xavier I think that's awesome Really happy for them in the new Big East. Michigan State, they could be a number one, definitely. They're going to be a one or a two in this thing. But what I found really interesting is that for the first time in this early bracketology, Syracuse has been included. They're literally the fourth of the last four in, right below St. Bonaventure. And St. Bonaventure beat Syracuse. In above them in the last four buys, they have NC State. NC State beat Syracuse, but Virginia Tech lost to Syracuse, so I you know, found that a little bit interesting with that setup, but they also beat Virginia, and Syracuse did not, so you can make an argument, obviously, that Virginia Tech should be a little bit higher in this thing, but Syracuse is in, playing in Boise, Idaho, if they were in the south bracket in the play-in game, a 12 seed going up against Texas, another 12 seed in this prediction that will whoever wins earns the right to play the number five seeded Rhode Island. Guess what? Don't want to do that. <laughs> if you're Syracuse, no. Uh-uh. Don't want to play Rhode Island. Thank you, but no thanks. Check, please. Can I go play somebody else? Who else you got? Well, Gonzaga's a five seed. Don't want to play them. Michigan's a five seed. Well, that might not be that bad. West Virginia has a five seed. They've been playing really well this season. But I find it so interesting. Some of these teams that are in the Vermonts and the Louisianas and the East Tennessee States and the Ryder. You remember Ryder? Not Isaiah Ryder. You remember Ryder, the school? They used to be in this thing. They're pushing back now. They're getting an opportunity to get back in it. Houston getting an opportunity here to jump in this thing. Arizona playing better. Arizona State playing better. Auburn boosting. Purdue Auburn and Purdue as two seeds right now, prediction-wise. Xavier is a number one seed. And Xavier, if they played what this prediction was, Florida Gulf Coast, that would be an awesome game. It's a 16 seed in Florida Gulf Coast, but I would not want to ever play Florida Gulf Coast. So, this prediction is pretty cool. And I like it. So, I'm going to give a shout-out to Joe Lenardi because this is, this is interesting right here. I like it. I'm feeling it. Florida State and St. Mary's. I think St. Mary's could pull that one off. Wichita State against Vermont. Vermont is a tough team to play. And that's, you know, Wichita State's a spoiler and Vermont's a spoiler. To have them play each other, I'm not really for that. I want to see them play somebody else in the first round. See who else they could spoil before they get to each other. But Syracuse is in here right now. They are in. According to Joe Lenardi, he's got them in. In a play-in game. In Boise, Idaho which means they would play on Saturday, March 3rd, their last regular season game, then play the tournament, and then if, let's just say, for argument's sake, they made it to the championship game on the following Saturday of the 10th, that means they would play on Saturday and then play on Tuesday for the play-in games before we get to Thursday where we truly open up every team that has an actual spot spot in the tournament and I know they, Dan, well, everybody's got it. You know, there's 68 spots. 
but there's four play-in games, right? So if you're in a play-in game, you're in, but you're not in the tournament. Because once those games are won, then the actual seeding is there. Because I know it's not called the first round anymore, it's called the second round, but the play-in games, essentially the wild card games, whatever you want to call them, these games are for the right to have that spot because you're both 11s or you're both 12s or you're both 16s. So it's a right to have the spot to then play the game and play that team that you have in that in that matchup in the round of 64. So, But Syracuse in it right now to play Texas for the right to play Rhode Island. Found that interesting. Very interesting for Syracuse that they've, they've gotten in, according to Joe Lenardi. And like I said, I'll be doing my own bracketology. I did it last year. And I'll be doing it this year, and I'm very excited about the opportunity to bring my bracketology to you and, and show you what I got and my thoughts on this. So I'm very excited about my bracketology that I'll be able to bring up to you and, and let you see what I have. Because last year, I'll let you know what I got here. I did my predictions for seeds 1 through 16, and my number one seeds were all correct. Villanova, North Carolina, Kansas, Gonzaga. My two seeds, three out of four, were correct. Arizona, Kentucky, Duke. I had two three seeds correct in Baylor and UCLA. One of my four seeds in Florida. One of my fives in Virginia. None of my six seeds were correct. I thought Purdue, Butler, Wichita State, South Carolina. Seven seeds, I had St. Mary's correct. Eight seed, I had Arkansas, Wisconsin. Nine seed, I had Seton Hall and Vanderbilt correct. Ten seeds, Marquette and Oklahoma State. Eleven seeds, Kansas State and Xavier as well as Wake Forest. I had all those right. 12 seeds, UNC Wilmington and Nevada were correct. 13s, I had Vermont and East Tennessee correct. 14s, I had Iona and New Mexico State correct. 15, I had North Dakota and Troy correct. And 16s, I had Texas Southern, NC Central, New Orleans, and Mount St. Mary's because some of them had playing games. I had all of those correct as well. So there you go. So I gave you my automatic bids in here and the at-large locks as well. So I put those in. You can check that out on wakeupcalldt.com by clicking on the more tab and then following that to bracketology. So go to wakeupcalldt.com, click on the more tab, and when, and when that, or I shouldn't say click on the more tab, when you put your mouse over the more tab, like on any website, you'll see bracketology and you can click on that and see what I did last year to go through the bracket, and then you can see the actual bracket. So I will be doing my bracketology again this year, and I will be giving you my thoughts on who is in. I've had this conversation this week. I had it yesterday, I believe, and I was talking about Syracuse and if they're in or not. And I know oh I had it on, I think I have it on Sunday. I, I believe that Syracuse, if they beat Duke at Duke, which I said on yesterday's show, I think they're in. If they lose to North Carolina, lose to Clemson, and lose to Boston College, but they beat Duke at Duke, there's a case. If they win at Duke and beat Boston College, they're in. If they beat North Carolina and beat Boston College, I still think they're in. If they beat Clemson, because you have to look at where the standings are right now with the ACC. And currently with the ACC and the men's basketball standings, Syracuse has four games left to play in the regular season before the ACC tournament that I'll be at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Syracuse has four games left on their regular season schedule, and three of those four games are against the top four in the ACC. 
So if you beat Duke, you beat North Carolina, you beat Clemson, those are all cases for you to get in the tournament. They're all 20-win teams or better, and they all have at least nine wins in the conference or better. So with that being said, Syracuse is in a place to make it happen. Now Miami was able to win a game and go to 8-7, and seven, so even though Syracuse just beat them, Syracuse dips below that. So Syracuse is currently in the 10th spot in the ACC. So these wins are important to get into the NCAA tournament, and they're also important with seeding in the ACC tournament because as a 10 seed, they will play on day one of the ACC tournament. If they can get themselves to a 9 seed or better, they will not be playing on day one of the ACC tournament. And the way that it stands right now is if they stay the 10 seed, they will play the lowest seed, which is the 15th seed, and they'll play that game at 2 p.m. on Tuesday, March 6th. That game will be against longtime rival Pittsburgh, who is not having a good go at it in the ACC. Now, they faced Pittsburgh in the ACC tournament before, and not to their liking. So this would be another matchup with Pittsburgh. Syracuse would play, if they were to win that game, as a 10 seed over 15 seed at Pittsburgh, they would move on to play the seven seeded team. And the seven seed currently right now in the ACC belongs to NC State, a team that they lost to at home 74 to 70. So just to give you a look at where they're at. But Syracuse controls their own destiny. They have an opportunity. And they control their own destiny of where they're seated to an extent. And they control their destiny of the NCAA tournament. They're playing Duke, North Carolina, and Clemson all in these last four games that they have. You got to beat Boston College because they're right behind you. You got to beat them. And you already beat them once. So a 2-0 over Boston College who beat Duke is important. You do that, you win at Duke, I think you're in. You do that, you beat North Carolina, I think you're in. You do that, you beat Clemson. I think they make an argument back and forth. But Clemson's been a damn good team this year inside of the ACC. So I think if you win three of those four games, you're definitely going in the thing. If you win two of them, I think that you got a good shot. If you win at Duke and you beat Boston College, I think it's a no-brainer. Syracuse is getting in the NCAA tournament. So that is my thought. And right now, according to Joe Lenardi's thoughts, they are in this thing. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But I do agree that they should have the opportunity to get in if they're going to, if they beat Boston College at Boston College and they beat Duke at Duke, yeah, I think that they're definitely in this thing for sure, in my opinion. Now, the committee is the committee and they do what they want to do, but I'm just talking about brass tacks and the reality of it all, how it should go down. We're going to take a quick step aside here on Wake Up Call and come back with Otis Hill to give his thoughts on Syracuse in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Hey, wake-up call listeners. This is Tom Taylor, owner of Sammy Malone's, located at 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville, New York, overlooking the beautiful Seneca River. We probably open our doors to you seven days a week, beginning at 11 a.m. daily, with free parking. Whether it's game day, after-work drinks, or a meal with family and friends, we are honored that you come visit us. Call 315-635-5407 for parties and catering. I'll see you at Sammy Malone's, home of the best sandwich in Beeville.
Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Happy to have you here on the broadcast inside of the morning menu, which you get every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time inside of the show. It is your morning list of topics for the broadcast And I thank you so much for being a part of this broadcast. And speaking of being a part of the broadcast, here with me this morning, very proud to have the man, the myth, the legend, the living legend, Otis Hill, here with me on the show on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And very proud, as always, to to have him be a part of this show. So I want to thank Otis for all that he has done. He is coming up here in just a second, and we look forward to having him come on to the show. Otis Hill, as you know, Otis is somebody who has been a part of Syracuse's history of making it to the Final Four, the 1996 Final Four, and everything that he got to be a part of in that respect. So with that being said, so with that being said, we're having a little technical difficulty here with Otis, but we look forward to having him on here in just a moment. But Otis Hill with this team and everything that he's done with the 1996 Final Four team and getting to the Final Four with guys like Jason Cipolla, J.B. Reefsnyder, John Wallace, Lazarus Sims, Todd Bergen, and so on and so forth, Elvira of China, Donovan McNabb was a part of the team as well, folks. Don't forget about that. We, uh, we definitely appreciate that. So with that being said, we are joined by Otis Hill here on the broadcast. Otis, how you doing today? Good morning, man. How are you? I'm doing very well, Otis. Now, I, I announced you as the man, the myth, the legend. Is that fair to say? <laughs> Maybe the myth. I'm not too sure about the legend part. <laughs> okay. Well, how? first and foremost, you know, we were talking about the 1996 Final Four, you know, a little preface here to get you started. Just what you could say about, you know, uh, thinking back on those times and, and on those moments. You and I have spoken about it on the show before, 
but just what those those times mean to you. And when you look back here in 2018, back to 1996, I mean, for me, it's hard to believe it's 22 years ago. But just what you could say about, you know, looking back now a couple decades since that 1996 Final Four and just what your first thoughts are that come to mind. Um, I just, when you think back to it, it was simply amazing because I watch now and it just, it seems so tough out there. So much competition, so much talent. And to be able to say that I made it to the championship game is like really an honor and a great feat that we accomplished with the guys that we had. And when you look at that accomplishment that you had back then, I mean, you look at guys like Jason Cipolla and J.B. Reefsnyder, John Wallace, Lazarus Sims, Marius Janulis, Alvaro Chena, Donovan McNabb was a part of the team, Todd Bergen. You know, what, what can you say about the family aspect of all of that and the connection of that? Because I just had Daywan Coleman on the show yesterday to speak on, you know, 2013 and 2016 and get into those Final Fours. Just what the connection is with the 1996 team and you know that's the team that started Cuse's in the house oh my god and and now 22 years later people are still saying that when Syracuse is in the tournament I, I think what it was we were a bunch uh, a group of guys that weren't really really that bigly known we weren't widely known in, in uh in college basketball so we were good we had some talent but I think what happened was we became a band of brothers you know, we uh, we had to go through practice together. We 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 hung out a lot together, and it created that atmosphere. And we were close. You know, we all had our separate groups, but we remained close on and off the court. And I think that helped us a lot when you're fighting against other teams and travel and things such as that. And when we all met up a couple of years ago, when we all came to the game to celebrate that Final Four run, it, it was it was magical to see those guys and it. Speaking here with Otis Hill, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum. And, and Otis, to, to take a look at, you know, like you said, uh, all coming back together and, and having that family aspect, one of the members of the Syracuse family is getting an opportunity to have their jersey retired. And that'll be happening in the Clemson game, the final home game of the regular season this season, on Saturday, March 3rd, the 2 p.m. Eastern Time tip off game. Lawrence Moten will have his jersey retired. What does that mean to you as a part of the, the Brotherhood of Syracuse University to finally see the career point leader with 2,334 points? It's finally going to be hanging from the rafters. We're going to see number 21 up there. What does that mean to you as an alum? Oh, man, it, it's, a, it's awesome for Mo because I had, a, I had the privilege to be able to play with him when I was a freshman. And to watch him in practice and to watch him in the games, he was silky smooth. He had a great jumper, um, tough rebounder, and to see him get this honor is, is even is great for me because I had the privilege of playing with Moten. It's well deserved. And when when you you know when you're practicing with Moten and you're playing with Moten and you're around him, what did you take away from him? And what was you know what can you say about your relationship with him and, and what it was like to go through the trenches with Lawrence Moten? Well, being that I was a freshman, we weren't that close, but Mo took some time every once in a while to, to kind of tell me a couple of things because I was having a rough time my, my uh, true freshman year and then I redshirted. And he told me, I told Mo, I said, I just want to do it for my family and I want to do it for my friends. And 
be able to get here and there and provide money. He sat me down and he said, listen, you have to do this for yourself. He said, the only way that you're going to be successful is if you really want it, and this is what you want to do, you have to look out for you first. Everybody else will come along for the ride, but as long as you want it, you'll succeed. And I always took that to heart when he did that, when he uh, had that conversation with me. Now, Otis, every time I have you on the show, I feel like somebody writes something into the show or makes a comment on on the picture that I put up. We got something from Eric, longtime Syracuse fan, that just put a very simple four-word statement. He handled the middle. There's people to this day that, you know, sitting here in 2018, when I say Otis Hill, they say, handled the middle, took care of business, he was physical, he did what he had to do, we need a center like that. You know, to, to hear that level of respect all these years later and to have people just feel the need to to comment and say, you know, that's those, guys like that are guys that, you know, we appreciate in our history. What does that mean to you? Uh, it's, the, it's the biggest heartfelt sentiment anybody can give to me because being 6'8", when I came into the Big East, was not easy. And thank God I had guys like Conrad McCray, God bless his dad, and Dave Syak who literally used to beat on me every day and tell me, this is how it's going to be and this is what you have to do. So, you know, me also being a football player in high school, I kind of brought that mentality to the court, which worked out in my favor sometimes, but it caused me to have a little foul trouble here and there. But just to be recognized as a rugged physical player who did his job is is the biggest accolade I could accept. And, and you brought up Conrad McRae and, and obviously – you know, very uh, a sad story with him uh, passing away at the age of, of only 29. But your connection to him, Otis, just just what you can say about you know your connection to him and, and being on a team, you know, with him and being around him. You brought him up here. So when you were a freshman, he was a senior. Just what he meant to you and and what he taught you. Conrad was always this larger than life persona. He was one of the sweetest dudes you ever wanted to meet. He do anything for you, and me being from New York City, when he left, he used to always call me, no matter what country he was in, when he was in Italy, when he was playing a game, he would find the time to get my number and call me, and I'd never have to contact him, he always called me, and he used to, my frustration, he used to really tell me things that really helped me out to this day, as far as basketball, and as far as life, because there were a lot of places I traveled overseas. And people would say, you played for Syracuse, so you knew Conrad. And it was amazing to see how many people I'd run, in, run into around the world that knew him because he was such a good person. And, you know, when you said when you go around the world and, and people would say to you, you know, you know Conrad McRae, and you just kind of marvel in the fact that, you know, they knew Conrad. You know, the, the connection with that, what was it about his personality? What was it about, you know, the way that he carried himself or the energy he had about him that he just was well-known. I mean, we talk about basketball and this, that, and the other, and, and obviously he did some work on the court and, and did some good things on the court, but what was it about Conrad, like you said, larger than life, that you know built that connection when people bumped into you and, and said, oh, you know Conrad, like I know, you know, I know him, or this, that, and the other. They tell you a story about him. I mean, just bring me a little bit deeper into that because those are the truly – special people in this world, the ones that that everybody seems to to know in some way, shape, or form. Right. I think it was just him. 
It was just in him because when I first came to Syracuse, I thought he was the mayor of Syracuse. He knew so many people. And I think the thing about Conrad was he was the most genuine dude you'd ever want to meet. I mean, he'd talk to anybody. He'd talk to my dad for 35 minutes of practice. He didn't have to do that. You know, he was telling my dad, you know, make sure he'll be all right. You know, he's going to be he's gonna be good. And I think, oh, he'll we'll do really well here. And to hear him say those things, I never knew Conrad had that much respect for me because he used to beat me up on the court. I mean, he was athletic. He was big. He was nasty. But he always had a way of making me feel confident about myself. And when you met him, you were automatically drawn into his, into his aura, personality, whatever you want to call it. And he just made you feel like, hey, everything is good. And it was a pleasure to always be around him. Otis, when you got the news about Conrad passing away at, at the age of at the age of twenty nine, I mean, this is somebody he signed a ten day contract with the Denver Nuggets in in nineteen ninety nine, and he had two blackouts during practice at the time. He tried to make the NBA after that, playing in the Orlando Magic Summer League with the Orlando Magic Summer League team. And then during a practice, he collapsed on the court of a heart attack at 29 years old. I mean, this this is, I mean, moments like that, thinking about, I'm sure in your, in your head, it's like, well, one minute he's fine and then he's not. I mean, was there ever a notion when he was on the team or at Syracuse that something was wrong and or, or that, you know, there was something going on or was this just a shocking blow when you heard it and found out that, you know, he had passed away of a heart attack? You know, it was um, a shocking blow for me because my dad died the same way. Oh my God. And I'll never forget sitting at my aunt's house in uh, New York City and I got the call from my old roommate See, a lot of people, we Syracuse Orange, we, we keep in touch. You know, we, we have a huge network, and a lot of us keep in touch. And I found out from my own roommate. And then it was such a crushing blow because you knew, we knew about the blackouts before in Denver, but we thought everything was handled and be okay. But to be honest, Conrad died the way he wanted to go. A lot of people were like, oh, it was tragic. And yeah, it was tragic that we lost such an amazing individual. But Conrad loved the game. Like, the game was him. He loved it. The court, he loved the people, he loved the rim. He loved everything that was great about basketball. Conrad McCray embodied. And to me, when I hear his name, I still get a little, like, down, a little, a little sad because this world lost such a great, amazing dude. And, and it's just, I just wish he was here to pass on the knowledge that he passed to me on to these younger that coming from Otis Hill, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum. And, and Otis, like you said, that was the, the same way that your father passed away. So, I mean, I, I know that, you know, in my opinion, and I said this to you, and ironically, Chick-fil-A is coming to Central New York. I'm going to make this crazy, like, roundabout connection, but you're going to just let me make it. So, Chick-fil-A is, is, is coming here to Central New York. I got to go to the private premiere night yesterday, which, which made a, a young man like me very happy. So that means something because we're talking today after I did that. The last time that you and I had a long conversation on the phone, I was down in Florida speaking with you about CNY Pop Festival that you'll be coming up for, and I was in the line for Chick-fil-A. 
So, you know, I, making that Otis Hill, Chick-fil-A, Syracuse connection. So I, I don't know what, you know, so when we were having that conversation, you know, we have those deep talks about adversity and you and I talk about things that are, are bigger in life, which, you know, builds more respect from, from me to you. And, and, you know, when we look at that and, and see that the adversity of life and the things that people have to go through, the things I hear people complain about on a daily basis are laughable. You having to go through Conrad and that, and with your dad as well, what did that adversity teach you? How did it help you to appreciate life? And what positives can you take out of, out of two tragedies like that, that I'm more than sure were very hard? Because as a young 18-year-old man, when you lose your dad, who basically is your best friend, your world is upside down. Um, I just had some good people in my family and good people around me. I had some good friends in Syracuse who just kind of rallied around me and helped me through it because it was a tough year after he died. I had lost my spine. Things were rough. But the one thing I can say that it taught me, it taught me resilience. Because when you have a tragedy like that, it actually physically hurts. And I understand a lot of kids when they're upset and they go through these these different emotions and anger and they're feeling everything. The one thing that it taught me was that through life, you're going to go through pain. And it depends how you handle it. And you have to get help. You just can't go through it alone. you got to listen and need your friends and your family. And when you look back at, at friends and family during that time, Otis, who are some of the, the biggest people that – have stepped up. You know, when you look at life today and you look back at those moments and then you fast forward to today, you know, what does that circle look like for you and, and who are some of those people that have just always stuck around? Oh God, my buddy since uh since we were young, um Nathaniel Blackwell, who's one of my best friends since I was little, uh grew up in Greenberg, New York, we played football together, my father knew him. He was kind of a troubled kid and my dad told him if you're gonna be around my son if you're going to be around my son, you got to make sure that he doesn't get any trouble because I'm going to blame you. So he kind of became um, a person who comes to me during that time. My cousin, Daniel Abrams, who played for Boston College, he helped me do it a lot. Um, my aunt, and Hill, my dad's sister. So for me, it was mostly family. And then I had a couple of friends on the team, John Wallace, and the guys came down for the funeral. So a lot of people rallied behind me and helped me do it, man. And there's so many people to be hard to name, but... Most of the people that were there are still there now. And Otis, uh, speaking here with Otis Hill, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum, you know, to, to have that connection and, and have that importance to you, and you're not that far away from Syracuse, uh, you know, right now as, as well, you know, how, how many of these people do you still get to be around and get to see? I mean, is there still that familial collection, you know, collection and connection for you where you're at because, you know, you're right in the city. So, I mean, do you still have that? Oh, yeah, I still have it. And I work up towards Albany, so I'll be somewhere in the store or walking around the gas station. Somebody's like, God, you look familiar. I'll tell them, did you play basketball? And yeah, my name's Otis Hill. Oh, my God, you can't run. And you get to hear the stories, you can talk to people, and you see how happy people get. So it kind of makes you feel good that people still remember you and that you had an effect on their lives. I just really like I want to shoot a commercial in a department store with you and I and I, I want I want to have like people like walking through and then somebody going is that Otis 
And then somebody else going, I think that's Otis Hill. And then someone's like, my God, I think I think that was 19. And then, and as they're saying that, I want you to just like kind of sneak by and go, kiss in the house, oh my God. And then just walk away. And then just keep playing there. I feel like that'd be an awesome commercial. Like, kiss in the house. And then at the end of it all, they finally come up to you and they go, are you Otis Hill? And you go, I never saw him before in my life. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that, that to me would be an awesome, like, oh, you and I talk about stuff all the time, Otis, like, can we shoot a commercial together and have some fun? I think we could. I definitely think it would be a great commercial. It would be probably the most memorable commercial in Turkey's history. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> would be. And and I'm going to ask you to go off on, uh, on a limb with this, too. John Wallace and I spoke about, I told him after seeing Cool Runnings, that not only did I want to all of a sudden be a bobsledder, but I only wanted to be on the Jamaican bobsled team. So I said to John, if we were in a bobsled, who would be the other two people on our bobsled team? And he obliged me and he created it. So I'm going to change it up here. So you can only have, you know, like one tall guy in here, one center forward type thing. So if if it's you and me in the bobsled and we're at the Olympics right now, you're in the bobsled, I'm in the bobsled. Who else is in the bobsled to get this thing going so we can win this championship, so we can get this gold medal? Jeez. Uh, well, we're probably going to need a technical guy, so... I'm going to go with uh, Marius Janoulis. <laughs> All right. Marius Janoulis. Who else? Okay. Who, el- who else we got? So we got, so it's, there were one more spot. So we got a technical guy, Marius Janoulis. I like that. You're in it. I'm in it. Who's the other bobsledder? So we're pretty set. So I'm going to have to go with my boy, Remo Nelson. I got to bring him in. He was one of the guys that, you know, we got so close in college and we're so close to the day that. Mostly anything I did, I was either with E or around E or hanging out with E. So I'm going to go with my um, buddy, Elena Nelson. All right. Fair enough. See, so now we have, see, now I want to test this out. So I want to test out our bobsled team and I want to test out John's. John picked Johnny Flynn and Eric Devendorf. So I want to, I want to be in both of these bobsleds and see which one is faster but I will say that John did not agree. We didn't talk about doing a commercial together, so that's copyright TM for Otis Hill and I. We're going to do that commercial. So somebody's going to have to let us let us utilize their uh, right aid or whatever it may be. But I think that that would be amazing. People thinking that it's you, not knowing if it's you, and then you're just whispering, Q's in the house, oh, my God. People are like, my God, I'm hearing it. Like, where is this guy? What is going on? And then we're, like, there checking out, and they go, excuse me, is that Otis Hill? And I'd be like, what? Otis, what do you mean, Otis Hill? And then and they're like, sir, can I get your autograph? And you'd be like, I'm sorry. I, I don't know who you're talking about. But then you could look to the camera and go, but I heard he's a great player and wink. That'd be awesome. <laughs> or, he, or either pull open his T-shirt and have my jersey underneath and just wink at the crowd. <laughs> that'd be awesome. It'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm not him, but he is my favorite player. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Right? <laughs> he was awesome, wasn't he? <laughs> So, Otis, I, I got to take it. Before we talk about Syracuse right now, got to take a break from this for a second. The You and I spoke about this. You're coming up for it. bunch of guys are, almost a dozen former Syracuse players for the, uh, the CNY Pop Festival in August. It's yep. a total break from the norm. It's, it has the comic side of it. It has the sports side of it, sports and entertainment. And it's something that Central New York's never seen. I want to put on for my city and do something different. So you agree to come out for this. You'll be signing autographs, taking pictures. We're going to have a little panel discussion and, and hang out and whatnot. What are you excited about? I know you're not too far away. You're in the city, and like you said, you're working up Albany Way. 
So you're not too far away from coming up here to Syracuse, but what are you excited about with the CNY Pop Festival, knowing that it's going to be TV stars, it's going to be movie stars, it's going to be former Syracuse football and basketball players, and that you'll be out in front of the fans again, and you'll have an opportunity to to do a, a discussion on stage about you know your time with Syracuse and whatnot, and then you're also going to be able to just meet people and, and hang out in the city that you helped to build to where it is today, in my opinion. So, you know, what are your thoughts on, on the upcoming festival in August and kind of, you know, why you said yes to being a part of, some, of something like this? Well, I, I, first I'd say the, the biggest reason for me being a part of it is probably you. You know, we, we built up a nice friendship and connection that I once you asked me, I said, of course I do. There was no if, ands, and buts. But um, for me, to come back and to talk to everybody and see old faces and see some new faces and just coming out and having a good time in the place where I spent some great years is probably one of the, the greatest things I'll do in my life because Syracuse is good to me and still is. And to go back and to give back a little and to see some guys and to just hang out and have a good time is always, always something that I'll be up to do because Syracuse is my home, my home away from home, and I love it dearly, and I and I want to do anything I can positive for the people of Syracuse and for the fans and for uh, ex-players and stuff like that. Well, you know, obviously I appreciate uh, everything that you had to say with that, and I appreciate the friendship that, that we've had because, you know, I love talking Syracuse sports, and, and I love having all you guys onto the show, but... You know, the, I think that the conversations I love the most are the ones that, you know, aren't aired when I'm driving in, in St. Augustine at Chick-fil-A and I'm on the phone with you and I'm just laughing about stuff. I, I, I liked when I need a good laugh, I'm like, you know what? I'll call Otis. I mean, like that's, it, you know, it just means something to me because we have a good time. But it's crazy to say that when you were playing and you were in the final four, I was 10 years old. And now at 32 years old, I'm sitting in the studio talking to one of the players that I respected the most. And I still, to this day, and I know it's a sad picture, but I'll never forget it, is the picture where John has his arm around you after the uh, the loss in the championship game to Kentucky. And it kind of just was in me from there that you and John and that team were always going to mean something to me and means something to this city, but I'll never forget that picture because even though you guys lost, nobody thought that you could get there except for you. And so in some crazy way in the world, you won. You know, in some way you you did what you All needed right. to do to get to that point. But I, there was just something about that team. It was a blue-collar team that figured it out and found a way and gutted it out. You know, and I remember when John Wallace looks around and took that three – and I'm like, what is every, you know, what's going through everybody's head? Like, you better, I think Lazar Sims told me that he went over to him. He goes, you better make it. So it was just like one yeah, of the, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? He but it's like, did. you know, there's, it's those crazy, crazy moments. And then like you talking about Georgetown being a football game, you know, it's just Syracuse history. I think I, anytime I talk about Syracuse basketball, I always go back to the nineties and I always go back to those times because some of the best games that the team's ever played, I think, were back in that era, in my opinion. Yeah, same here. I definitely agree with you. 
So before we get wrapped up here with uh, with this conversation that we have here, Otis Hill and I on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Otis, this year's team, they at the time that we're speaking right now, they're eighteen and nine. Uh, I do my own bracketology, so I'm 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 getting ready for it. I do it a little bit closer to the end of the regular season, but some of it's already out there. Syracuse in a play-in game right now, according to one bracketology report. That's where they've set them. The Orange will be playing in their last four regular season games. Three of four will be against teams in the top four of the ACC with Duke, North Carolina, and Clemson, respectively, that are two, three, and four at the time that we're talking right now. So they have an opportunity to make a splash with that. The team is 18-9 and nine overall at the time that we're speaking right now, and their quality wins, in my opinion, are against Buffalo, who's a darn good team this year, as well as a win over Georgetown on the road. Wake, uh, pardon me, uh, Virginia Tech, another key win that they had. Boston College at home, and then at Louisville and at Miami. What can you say about this year's team, and, and would you add any more key victories to this? Um, I definitely think the upcoming games, they got to win two out of those three. I think that's a solidify a spot in the tournament. Because you know how sometimes these people can pick the brackets and they do all this with the points and this and that. I really think for Syracuse to be set and solid, I think they need to win at least two of these last three games. And these are some tough games. You know, moving to the ACC was just going south to the Big East. And I think we can do it. I think these guys have found their niche. They found them towards the end of the season. And I think they're starting to play together as a unit. And I think if they can get high around this time and everybody comes together and knows their roles and everybody plays hard and leaves everything out on the court, I think these guys can do it because they're hard workers. You know, people expected them to be way up in the top 20. It's tough. It's tough out there. Battles working hard. I mean, the big guys are playing. Guys are moving and playing defense. But my biggest thing is if they keep going hard and they stay together, I think they can get two wins and be a shoe-in for the tournament. Yeah, and I had said it right before you came on, Otis, that I believe if they get two, they're in. I think if they win at Duke, they have a case in and of itself because Duke's only taken one loss at home, and that was to Virginia, who's the team right above them. So, in my opinion, if they win at Duke, they got a, they got a shot at getting in this thing. But, yeah, I mean, if they get two, if they win at Duke and at BC, or they beat BC and Clemson, or BC and North Carolina – any of those, because Clemson's played so well this year, I think that they're in. But if they beat North Carolina Duke or Duke Clemson or UNC Clemson, you know, I think you got to put them in. They get to 20 wins, and then you give them, I mean, you know, they win at Duke or at BC. That's another quality road win on top of winning at Louisville and at Miami this season and at Georgetown. So, you know, for me, I think I think the road there is to win two out of four. I think Duke is the key one above all, but I, I think if you could take care of BC and then get another one of those three that you have, then Syracuse is in a prime placement before the ACC tournament to get in. And, and I don't know how you argue them out at that point, especially if they beat Duke with how well Duke's been playing at home. Exactly, I agree. I think if they beat Duke and Boston College, because Boston College has some big upsets too. And I need them to beat Boston College because my cousin and I always have that little thing that we've had for years. So I really need them guys to go in there and knock Boston College out. But um, like you said, I totally agree with you. I think if they get Duke, I think you really can't argue. You know, it's around the end of the season when teams are starting. 
gel and come together and play their best basketball. So if they can put it together and, and not do count and get ready for a tournament, I think they're going to do some damage. Absolutely, and I, and I can you know I see that too as well. I see if they can if they can take a uh, they can take that Duke one and then go from there. We'll see where they and they also control their seating right now. They're a ten seed, but they do control their seating to get out of day one. Now, will will you be going? Because I mean, they're right in your backyard at, at the Barclays. Are you going to be going to the ACC tournament? Yeah, I'm gonna definitely try to catch a couple of games. I got to get in touch with coach, but. I'm definitely going to try to catch a few games and support my boys. Yeah, absolutely. In in the BK in Brooklyn, definitely got to check it out. And uh, and I'll be down there as well. So, you know, Otis, if, if you're going to be there and I'm going to be there, that's a perfect time for us to sneak across to uh, one of these, one of these uh, you know, Rite Aid or markets and whatnot and be like, hey, we're going to go ahead and shoot this video. We don't have a permit, but you'll thank us later for it. So... <laughs> right. Hopefully we can do that. Get, make some money off this deal. <laughs> make it happen. So as always, this is the man Otis Hill, and and of course uh, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. Otis, I appreciate it so very much. Uh, please be safe out there in the city and with everything that you're doing. And I'll give you a shout later on today. But as always, I thank you for being a part of the show. All right. You're welcome, Dan. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Right. That coming from Otis Hill of the Syracuse Orange. We'll take a quick step aside for a fast break, and we're coming back with Jaleel McRae. Some people say four-star, some people say five-star. I say either way you look at it, a talented athlete that has plenty of schools to choose from that are right up there with opportunities galore. We have Syracuse, Texas A&M, Georgia, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, NC State, Florida, and Florida State all on the docket for Jaleel McRae who has decommitted from Florida and opened up his recruitment at the end of last year. Florida's still in the mix, but he's opened up to see what else is out there. And we're going to have a long sit-down discussion about that decision that he has to make and so much more in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at drysigapparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With fan hands, 
the ultimate sports fan accessory. Find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on fanhands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear fan hands. The name Lee's and Staggerwald has become synonymous with Central New York over the years. And that's why Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is proud to have our live pregame show before Syracuse Orange men's basketball home games right on site, on location, on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York, minutes from the Carrier Dome. To see myself and Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum, Dale Shackelford, two hours before tip-off of Syracuse basketball home games. We can't wait to see you out at Lee's and Staggerwald. Thank you to everybody that's already come and seen us. For great food, community, and great drinks, come to Lee's and Staggerwald and be there two hours before tip-off for Syracuse Orange men's basketball home games for our live pregame show with Dale Shackelford and myself, Dan Tortora. All right, welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. Happy to have you here on the broadcast. And as a part of the show this morning, we are here with Jaleel McRae. Jaleel McRae, a linebacker from down in Florida at IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida, and he has many different teams on the list. We're going to discuss his recruitment, the decommitment from Florida, and kind of opening things up and looking at what he's excited about to come with IMG. So with all that being said, we proudly welcome him here to the show. Jaleel, how you doing today? How you doing, sir? And Jaleel, first and foremost for you, just uh, just what you could say about you know this this whole recruiting process for you and what it's been like and and how you've kind of handled everything because I can imagine that you know it, it it's been not the easiest of roads and and uh, you know something that you got to get used to and figure out and people can tell you whatever they want to tell you but you have to experience it. So what's recruiting been like for you? Um, it's just it's. It's been a slow process um, because my, my freshman and uh, sophomore year, I told my ACL, and you know how some colleges, you know, um, they're big on the health. So, like, um, it, 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 it has been a slow process, but uh, God has really blessed me with a lot of schools. And um, I'm, just, I'm just very blessed because growing up, you know, I never, I never thought of this, this, this lifestyle. And, and, um, and um, it, it's, is really unfolding for me right now, so I'm I'm just I'm just blessed of the process, and I'm I'm taking every chance I can get and uh, getting better every day at IMG, and um, I'm just I'm just loving it right now. And when you look at this uh, at the time that we're talking here, you've only been at IMG Academy down in Bradenton, Florida, for just a few weeks. Uh, what have you taken away from it so far, and, and what can you say about the academy and and what you know the atmosphere has been like for you down there? Um. I will. I, I can. I can say this to whoever's listening. Um, if you if you have a son or 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 whatever, um, he should he should come to IMG Academy. IMG Academy is not like any other high school. You know, you'll be playing against the uh, uh, the best of the best at every practice, and um, getting getting the best treatment, getting the best coaching, and uh, most definitely uh, in the weight room is 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 way different than than any any other high school. It's just like college. Um, so I'm I'm getting really used to it, and um, I'm really loving it right now, and I'm trusting the process. As uh, Coach Kevin Wright told us, um, our head coach, he told us to trust the process, and uh, 
he told us he told us from from day one that IMG is not for everybody. So um yeah, we just I'm just I'm just making it through right now and uh, I'm loving it right now. And when you when you say that it's not for everybody, what are what have you taken away from those words from coach? I mean, what what do you have to do for yourself to be there? I mean, is it is it the mental part of the game? It, you know, is it the strenuous activities that you guys have to do in the level that they ask you to practice at? I mean, what would you attribute to him saying, "Hey, IMG is is definitely not for everybody." Um, just the activities we do. Um, basically, um, our our you can't you can't play mom and daddy ball down here. Um, our coach is very tough on us. Um, they, they they expect a lot of things out of us, and um, yeah, just just the coaching style and the. Uh, and the things that they asked us asked us to do is not high school alike. You know what I'm saying? It's getting us ready for college. So when so when we enroll in college, we're ready to go, and we're uh we're we're ahead of all of the freshmen that's coming in. Speaking here with Jaleel McRae and Jaleel down at IMG Academy, New Smyrna Beach High School. Before that, what did you take away from New Smyrna and and just what you could say about your experience there as you move forward to IMG and if you feel like that was a bridge for you that helped to prepare you for where you're at right now? Um, what I what I took from my old school is um basically my old coach, my my old uh, head coach. Now he's at uh, South Dakota Black Hills. Um, I took I took a lot from him. Um, the things that he taught me and everything um, is is really starting to translate here down here at IMG. And um, just just but New Smyrna Beach taught me a lot of things in the classroom and everything. And um, I'm just I'm just letting everything go full right now. And I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm ready for the season. Speaking here with Jaleel McRae, Jaleel, I, I want to get into something that you know obviously happened in your recruitment. Uh, you had put up a message on November 26th of last year, 2017. You said, not here to please people. I hope everyone respects and understands my decision. And that read, that decision, after after going over it with my family and coaches and praying on it, I want to say that I have decommitted from the University of Florida and 100% opened up my recruitment. I want to thank Coach Jim McElwain and the whole coaching staff for giving me the opportunity and trusting in my abilities to come play at the University of Florida. These three years of being committed to Florida has been great, and I thank everyone at Florida, everyone that's at Florida, and has helped me out through this long life journey or this long, long journey. Much love goes to every single last one of you guys. Hope people understand, but if you don't, I'm not here to please anyone. I'm here to get to the right school. I want to stop there before I go any further. Making that statement, I'm not here to please anybody but myself. We live in a world where, because of social media and, and all these things going on, and people can connect with you so easily, there's this desire for total strangers for demand that for them to demand that you please them and you meet their needs and you got to be everything for everybody. And you made a clear statement of, I'm opening up my, my recruitment. I'm not here to please you. I hope that you can respect my decision, but if you can't, I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please myself. Just to speak on those words and... And how you wanted to not only state those, but put that in bold that you're here to not please anybody else on the outside looking in. You're here to make sure you make the right decision. So, um, so basically, what what that means is, um, I'm here to to please myself. If you're here in this world to please to please other people, you're gonna have a, a, a rough life because at the end of the day, when you die, you have to come in front of God and um 
and everything else is not it's you're 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 not going to be with other people so um you you have to you have to uh live in this world to please yourself and not other people so basically what 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 i was saying is is you can't you can't think what other people think you have to do what your heart your your heart wants wants you to do and you had gone on to make the statement i'm here to get to the right school not saying uf isn't the right school I need to focus on my senior year of football and work like I've never worked before and getting us back to where we need to be and getting back to that winning record. UF is still in my mind. Thanks for being good to me for these past three years. Love y'all. Hashtag go Gators. Just uh, that that statement there, too, to say I'm decommitting from Florida, but it doesn't mean Florida's out of it. Normally when people see a decommitment, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's a level of kind of nervousness and fear and you know people tend to tend to get a little bit crazy with some of that stuff when you repeatedly said in that statement I'm not counting Florida out just bring me into that because Jim McElwain's not there anymore it's Dan it's Dan Mullins as the head coach bring me into the situation what made you decommit and and what kind of still keeps them on your mind so to speak well um me and coach McElwain we had a we had a strong connection. Um, it was like, it was like father, like son with me and him. And, um, just, just, I sat in his office, uh, my junior day. Um, I, um, what day? It was, it was like the day I committed. Um, I sat in his office, me and my dad and him, we was just talking and talking about things. And, um, I just felt a connection with him right away. And, and, and when he, when he gave me the offer, I just, I, 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 I went to my dad. I was like, dad, I got to commit. And um, I committed that day, and um, ever since then, when I committed, it was just it was just a strong connection, and I loved the man, and I wish him the best now at Michigan. But the coaching staff now at UF, um, um, I'm I'm getting to know them a little bit. The defensive coordinator and coach uh, Coach Mullen, they uh, they flew over here in the helicopter. That was pretty exciting. And um, and um, I talked to the defensive coordinator. Um, he told me it's it's. They're gonna they're gonna bring back national championships back at UF and um I feel like if I if I go there and um on an official visit and I love it um I might I might can be a Florida Gator again. And when you look at that type of situation, you know some people say, you know, you commit to the school, not to the coaching staff, and other people say, no, you you know you commit to the coaching staff and the relationships. I think it's in in my opinion from the outside looking in. I've spoken with guys like yourself all over this country for the past multiple years on recruit recruitment and and when coaches change and staffs change. I don't believe in the whole you're committed to the school and and that's it because the school and the relationship you have with the school goes through the people and when the people change, that obviously you know can change how you feel. So I mean, is that what happened for you? Like you said, you were so close to, to Jim McElwain, and he was like a father figure. So was the decommitment essentially saying, hey, I didn't commit to Florida. I committed to this staff. I committed to what their mission was, and now I want to decommit and get to know this new staff before I just, you know, before I commit the next three to five years to a bunch of strangers, I want to make sure I'm committing to the right people. Is that kind of how things went down for you? Um. Yes, sir. Um, kind of. Um, well, before I get into the coaching staff, um, I was I was a long long uh, long time Florida Gator fan since I was like five years old. So I've been a diehard Florida fan. And um, when 
when he gave me that offer, man, it was just, it was unbelievable, man. There's like tears started coming down my eyes, um, down my face because I never knew that I could, I could play at the university of Florida, you know, especially if I'm a, if I'm a, um, if I'm a, if I'm a big fan of them, it, it just, it was unbelievable. And so I kind of committed to the school and, and the coaching staff because like I said, coach McElwain, he was a father figure to me. And so like when he, when he, um, when he got fired, it was just like, Oh my God, man, what, what, what do I do now? And sometimes I regret committing to the, to the coaching staff because you never know, um, like if you if if I enroll in December right for the for if 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 Coach McElwain is still there and I enroll in college in December and he and he's and he gets fired in February now what am I gonna do because I I I have to stay there you know what I'm saying um, I have to stay there because he he's gone so I have to stay because I have because I already signed and dotted dotted lines and everything so um, sometimes I regret committing to the school for the, um, for the coach staff. That's why, that's why people say you should commit to the school for the school. You know what I'm saying? So. And I mean, how hard is that though? I mean, when you look at the, the grand scheme of things, you know, th- there's a lot of talking heads out there that are saying who you should commit or how you should commit, but you're the one that's going through the process. You're the one that has to do it. I mean, relationships are important and it's hard to, it's hard to commit to a relationship if you don't know who's going to be there and you don't really know what they stand for or where you stand with them. And we see coaching changes happen all the time. And, you know, the tough part is, you know, you could you could choose a school today and go to the school, like you said, and be there for two years. And the coach leaves and the staff changes. And do you leave or do you stay? You only have a year or two left. I mean, how difficult is it when you're looking at, I don't. I I really love these people. I want to commit to them, but I want to commit to the school. You liked Jim McElwain. You liked his staff, but you also, like you said, grew up in liking Florida and appreciating Florida. But for for a kid, which is what you are, and I feel like people forget that to make a decision so young in your life, where you want to be with the right people and you want to be in the right place, how difficult is it knowing that coaching staffs can change at any time and and i mean in all honesty they could change once you've decided the school down the road as well well um i sometimes think about like i should never commit it at that at that time because you know i was a young freshman um i, I was only in high school for about six months and i was i was very young and uh my mind because that, that was my second offer my mom was telling me oh you got to commit you know, cause that's, that's your dream school. But, but, you know, I should have took my time and, uh, just waited it out. And, um, when he, when, when coach McElwain got fired, it was, it was, it was heartbroken because, you know, I loved the man. I had so much respect for him. I could talk about the man all day. Um, uh, the last conversation me and him had was, it was, it was after the Florida state loss. And, um, we was all we. Uh, I was I was in like um I, I was in the building with him, and uh, he told me to trust the process. And uh, I just I just uh, I didn't at that time I didn't think that would be the last conversation we will have. And um and um till this day I always will remember when he told me to trust the process. And when you look at the process of it all, I mean, Syracuse, Florida is still in the mix, like you said, and there's other teams that are in there as well. What do you like about Florida so far? I know you talked with me a little bit about the staff 
here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and, you know, kind of went into it uh, and Dan Mullen a little bit, but what can you say about how they've treated you, what your vibes are about the staff so far? What can you say about what Florida looks like right now? Um, I'm not, I'm not even going to front with you. I haven't really talked to talk to the coach staff like that. I only talked to them uh, since they when when they came down here. But when they came down here, it was it was a it was a pretty good vibe. Um, I feel like Dan Mullen is going to do something big over there. Um, I feel like the players are really bought in, and uh, the whole coach staff are bought in. And it, and and when you have when you have every foot in the boat, um, it's hard to stop a team because they're a family, just like Florida State. Florida State is um Coach Taggart. He really was talking about when I went up there this weekend. He was talking about family, 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 and um, that's that's the that that's the biggest thing over there at Florida State now is is family and the same thing as that UF. And when you look at that that flam that family atmosphere, knowing that Florida State has Willie Taggart now, and, and knowing that Dan Mullen is is over at Florida, and then you have these other schools that are that have you know, giving you an opportunity that you found some interest in that we'll talk about here in a second. You're down in Florida. You're at IMG. The the lore of Florida, a team that you grew up, like you said, enjoying and appreciating, and then having FSU, which you just went to visit recently. You plan on going to the spring games for both. Uh, are these really hard to say no to? I mean, is is there a pull for you to stay in the state of Florida? I mean, how do you kind of – gauge that because you're at New Smyrna now you're at IMG and Florida State and Florida are obviously trying to do what they can to stay top of mind with you so how's that kind of going with those two schools down in Florida um well I don't um I'm I'm trying to well I don't I don't know um when I when I get back in the summertime with my family we're all gonna sit down and talk about when, um when I'm gonna commit and uh what school what schools are we looking at I'm not gonna do no top five or top ten or top anything, um, because I feel like that doesn't matter at the end of the day, uh, because you got to pick one school out of all the schools that you have. So I'm not going to do a top pick. Um, so, so basically, um, whatever wh- whatever I feel like is going to come down to me, and then second is going to come down to my parents. Whatever they feel like, um, where I should go, um, and then I'm a I'm a pray on it and everything, and uh, that's where that's that's where I end up in December. And you talk about, you know, in December, you're going to be, you know, you're at IMG right now for this semester. You'll be at IMG all the way up until that point. And then you have the opportunity at the end of the year to have early enrollment and be at a team within this for the first couple of weeks of January for college. How excited are you, are you and how much does that mean to you that not only are you a part of the 2019 incoming class, wherever you end up going, but the fact that you'll be able to get in early, get to your classes early, get to campus early and get to spring practice instead of just going to fall practice, just that leg up opportunity that you'll have. Well, well, let's Well, right now that I'm, that I'm at IMG, I feel like I'm a, I'm a red shirt freshman because you know, everything over here is like college, like um, school is like college, like, and especially like the football side of it. So um, I'm already have a head start. Um, now, especially that I'm away from home, you know how some people get homesick when they get to college, but, um, I'm already used to it, so I won't be homesick, hopefully. And uh, everything else should just fall in place whenever I enroll in the spring. And we look at – we you brought up Florida State. We spoke on that. Jimbo Fisher, not at Florida State anymore, over at Texas A&M. That's a school uh, – of the teams that you and I spoke about 
that are kind of top of mind right now, Syracuse, Texas A&M, in no specific order, I want to let people know, uh, Texas, Syracuse, Texas A&M, Georgia, Georgia Tech, NC State, North Carolina, Florida and Florida State. I want to get into Texas A&M and how much of a relationship you have with them, just what your thoughts are there, and if if the Jimbo Fisher factor going over to Texas A&M has anything to do with it for you. Um. Well, um, I actually um the the connection between me and the linebacker coach, coach, uh, coach Bradley, um, is very strong right now. Um, we talk every week. Um, I try to, I try to text him every day. He'll try to text me every day and give me like some quotes. Um, so, so I'm a, I'm almost definitely take an official visit up to Texas A&M. I know it's, I know it's a good school and I know the Jimbo Fisher era is going to be, it's going to be very, very exciting. I feel like he's going to go down there and do something big for the, them guys over there in Texas. And, um, and um, I feel like I feel like Coach Jim Coach Jimbo know what he's doing. So so I feel like I can come I can I can come I can go over there to Texas and M and uh be a be a leader and be and and start my first year because they're they're pretty low on linebackers. So if I if I do go over there, I feel I can go over there and make a big impact. And when you when you see it, like you said, you definitely want to take an official over there. What is it about Jimbo Fisher that makes you? believe i mean we've seen his numbers statistically and seen the things he did at florida state but for you personally what do you like about what he can bring and, and like you said you made a statement that something special is going to happen there in texas a&m what makes you believe that um because basically um he bought he he, he did a lot of things at uh, florida state and um after after last year it was, it was just time to go you know what i'm saying so I feel like he can do the same thing at um, Texas A&M. I feel like he'll be there. And, uh, I, I feel like he'll retire there. And so um, the things that he did at Florida State, I feel like he can just carry it on at Texas A&M. He's going to bring in some top-notch recruits. And um, I just feel like he's going to have it rolling over there. So we look at some of the other schools outside of that, Georgia and Georgia Tech, both of them in the state of Georgia, right there by Florida where you're at right now. What can you tell me about Georgia first, and then secondly, Georgia Tech? Why both of them are on your mind right now in this decision process, and they're also two schools that you went and visited already as well. Well, um, Georgia, I have a lot of uh, Georgia Bulldogs. I have a lot of uh, family up in Georgia, so um, they they can be they can be very high in my mix. And so, um, basically, Georgia, man, I, I I love the atmosphere. I went to to a game when they played Georgia Tech. Um, and, um, it's, 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 it's pretty good what Kirby is doing, uh, coach, coach Kirby is doing down there. Um, he, he's going to have them boys rolling next year as well too. And, um, I feel like I can, I can most definitely go in there and, uh, be a big impact. And, um, coach, me, me and coach, uh, coach Fountain, the special teams coach, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's my recruiting coach. Uh, we have a good connection. Um, he, he check up on me time to time. And, um, yeah. and when you look at, like you said, you brought up Georgia and, and with Georgia Tech and, and Paul Johnson and what they do and, and how they go about their business, I mean, obviously there's a lot of focus that goes into their offense, but just what you could say as a linebacker in that defense, what excites you about Georgia Tech, a team that's, that's kind of up and down and, and sometimes at the top of the Coastal Division in the ACC, sometimes somewhere in the middle, just, just what you think about what they're doing there and what Paul Johnson's doing, and and why that team is of, of interest to you as well. Um, 
if 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 you guys just sit down and watch Georgia Tech games, it basically sometimes it comes down to them just finishing the football game. Just like the Tennessee game last year, they just couldn't finish the football game and they lost. Um, um, they they beat some they they have beat some pretty good teams, but um, if they if they learn how to finish the football games, um, they they will be a, a heck of a team. I feel like I can go in there at linebacker and um and um make make a big impact as well. You know, what I'm saying me and uh coach coach Cantino, uh, we have a great connection. We we'll always text and um we we'll, which. We'll, we text about Georgia Tech um, and um, how 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 the facility is and everything. And um, about the afterlife of football. If you if you go to Georgia Tech and um and um you graduate at Georgia Tech, you know you'll be set for life because you have a Georgia Tech degree. You know what I'm saying? So so if I if if I do go there, it's um it's it's school number one and then football. But but mainly you know. Uh, uh, I try to change the program, you know, and, and, and get wins over there at Georgia Tech. And then as far as speaking here with Jaleel McRae, 2019 incoming early enrollee will be going in, in in January instead of in the fall once he makes that happen coming off of his time at the end of December here at IMG Academy this year. Uh, Jaleel, just what you could say about those schools inside of North Carolina, NC State, as well as the University of North Carolina, your thoughts on, on these two why do they stick out? What's special about them? What do you think about them? Well, um, North Carolina, um, I talk to Coach uh, Coach Scott a lot, and um, we have we have a commit now that's uh, that's here at IMG. His name is Jaden Curry. He always talked to me about coming to North Carolina with him and um, everything. I feel like I, I feel like um, me and him can be can can be a heck of a player over there in North Carolina. Um, I've, I've went over there, I've visited, and uh, I love the campus and everything. I actually have uh, Cole Holcomb now. He he plays linebacker in North Carolina. And um, I, I feel like I can just – I can uh, carry the chain on, you know, and uh, and uh, and at, at the linebacker position and uh, make make a big impact at North Carolina. And then as, as far as NC State, what is it about Dave – I mean, Dave Dorn decided to stay – decided that that's where he wanted to be with this team. Under Dave Doran, there's been a lot of success recently for NC State. What do you like about NC State and the Wolfpack? Um, just success. You know, just like you said, it's, 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 it's what Dave Doran is really bringing to the table. Just like you said, he had another contract to go somewhere else, but he wants to stay at uh, North Carolina State. And I love that about, about him. You know, um, my eighth grade year, I went to a football camp. I, had, I haven't uh, entered high school yet. It was my eighth grade year in the summer. Going into my ninth grade year, I went up there um, at, to a camp, and um, I really balled, balled out. And uh, he gave me an offer, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget it, you know, because uh, growing up, I never knew I'd be a, a, a college player. So um, I can never forget about NC State. And uh, Dave Dern, I, I always would, would thank him when I see him. And uh, Coach Coach Hucks over there at North Carolina State, uh, we have a, we have a good connection. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a while, but but I'll most definitely be uh, calling him and in the next couple of weeks and talking to him and getting up with how NC State is. And I most definitely have to get back up there because um, my old high school coach uh, at New Smyrna, Coach Kevin Hubbard. He went to North Carolina State, and he always teased me about trying to go to North Carolina State. So, 
you never know. They could most definitely be in the mix um, at the end of the day when I sign in December. And then finally, the other school that you had brought up to me was Syracuse. Just what you could say about the Syracuse Orange. They're going into their third season here in 2018 with Dino Babers. They have won some big games. The overall record not really shows what they've worked to do. Uh, They have not been to a bowl game under Dino as of yet, but they did take down the reigning national champion Clemson Tigers this past season and the season before that they took down Virginia Tech so some top 25 foes in that respect that ended up being really good in their respective years what can you say about Syracuse and you know we're talking about the the Carolinas and and Georgia and Florida and and Texas and all this stuff in the south and then all of a sudden Syracuse up in the northeast so what do you like about Syracuse, which seems to be the the difference of the mix here as far as ge- geographical location where you are right now? Um, toughness. I can I can say most definitely that about Syracuse um, because if 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 you watch that Clemson and Virginia Tech game, it came down to who was going to beat who in front of who. You know what I'm saying? So I sat down and watched that game, and I really loved how they played. And um, I can I can bring more toughness to the team. Um, so I haven't I haven't really been to Syracuse. I have to most definitely get up there, and um, I know if I get up there, I will love it. And um, because the coach, the head coach, came from Bowling Green, and uh, my uh, when I when I got the offer, um, Darrington Evans, I guess uh, Bowling Green was recruiting him. Darrington Evans, he's he's now at Appalachian State. Um, when Bowling Green was recruiting him, I guess he was he was telling me that he's a good coach and everything. And uh, I should really consider Syracuse. And now, and now that the head coach is at Syracuse, I would most definitely consider them. So um, I, I, I feel like I can bring toughness to the team, more toughness. And um, yeah. So you say you haven't uh, been up to Syracuse, and you made that connection with with Bowling Green and and with with the guy that you just mentioned that you know, and, and Dino Babers, and being the head coach over at Bowling Green and going off to Syracuse and bringing the toughness there and and kind of seeing the film and, and, and what they've been able to do. What else uh, is it about Syracuse to take you out of out of the you know the typical weather that you have and different experiences playing inside the, the dome, you know, the carrier dome, and instead of you know being in some of these other locations playing outside and whatnot. What is it about Syracuse besides the toughness and and this, you know, connection with Dino Babers and so to speak? Have you built a relationship with the staff at all? You know, what can you tell me about, you know, maybe who's recruiting you that you built a relationship with or if there's anything about Syracuse besides what you've said to go a little bit further into why Syracuse would be in this mix right now um I haven't really I haven't really talked to anybody on the coach staff like that but um I can most definitely say that they they will they will be back uh back in the top 25 in a couple of years because coach B he did a he did a, he did a, a heck of a job at Bowling Green and um I feel like I feel like just give them a um, a little bit of time, trust the process, like I said before and uh, early in the interview. And uh, if you if if everybody over there at Syracuse, you know, all the fans and everything, just trust the process. I feel like Coach B will get them back on top in a couple of years. That coming from Jaleel McRae. Jaleel, now that we've we've discussed recruitment and and I appreciate all your time and everything with that, I want to do something that has nothing to do with football. It's called rapid fire. I'm going to throw a bunch of questions at you. I want you to give me the first answer that comes to mind. So we're going to take a break from the recruiting side of things and have some fun with us. Are you ready to play? Yes, sir. 
Favorite song of all time? Uh, Too Many Years by Kodak. If you could only have one movie on repeat in your house every single day, what would it be? Friday. Favorite comedian of all time? Kevin Hart. If you could go on a trip with Kevin Hart and two other comedians, who would be the other two? Uh, Kevin Hart and uh, Ice Cube. And you can add one more. Who else would you throw in there? Uh, Mike Epps. Who would you rather have as a cop to protect you? Kevin Hart or Ice Cube? Ice Cube. This is a three-part question. You could go anywhere in the world. Where do you go? You could take one person that you know, and you can take one celebrity. Where do you go? What celebrity do you take, and what person do you take that you know? Um, I would go to Africa. I would take, uh, what comedian I would take, I would take Kevin Hart. And um, somebody I know that I would take, I would take Ian Oz Carter, my brother down in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. And when you say that you would go to Africa, what makes you choose that above anything else? And and do you have a part that you would go to? Um, I don't have a part, but um, the reason I chose that is because I want to see how they live down there, and um, to see the struggle really, and um, it and and and, and yeah. A movie came out recently, which is in a fictional African country of Wakanda. Featuring the Black Panther, so I have to ask you this: Who is your favorite Marvel superhero? Because you brought up Africa, so they're in Africa right now. Avengers: Infinity War will have Captain America in Africa, Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, and I think War Machine that we know of right now, the Hulk. So when we're running the gamut here, and Infinity War is going on, what superhero is your favorite in Marvel? Uh, the Hulk. Why the Hulk? Uh, uh, because he's, you know, he can destroy anything, and um, he'll he'll most definitely protect you. Favorite villain of all time? Ooh, I don't know that. If you that. if you could be a superhero, what superpower would you have above anything else? Spider Man. <laughs> so you'd be Spider Man. What and why Spider Man? I uh, come to the rescue at any time. All right, fair enough. And your final question is, Jaleel, you have a sign above your head everywhere you go. What does the sign say that everybody can read? Motivation. Simple as that. Fair enough. And and I'm going to throw a bonus one in here because it means something to me. You brought up God a, a lot in our conversation here. Oh, yeah. What does faith mean to you? What does God mean to you? And, and that relationship because... I love when people bring up God on the show because because we could talk about it and discuss it. I don't like being in a world where people feel like they have to hide it. So, what does God mean to you, and just what you could say? Well, I can I can I can talk about it a lot. You know, um, basically, you know, um, without God, anything isn't isn't possible. You know, um, I, I I sit at my desk right now at IMG. Um, I try to, I, I read my Bible every day. I pray before I go to sleep. I pray before I wake up. And, um, I've, I've been through a lot, um, in my life. You know, my family has been through a lot in my life. Um, my granddad back at home, he, he could have been dead so many times, but, but, but we have, we have a, we have a strong praying family and, um, he's still alive, um, as we speak. And, um, basically 
um, I've I've been through a lot myself. I done been through about four four surgeries already. Um, now two surgeries already about my my ACL. Um, I cried and cried every night um, when I when I tore my ACL. You know, I I I've always wanted to give up, and um, I really prayed on it and and just and just just how far God has has taken me to this day of right now. Like I'm I'm sitting at IMG right now, the top high school in 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 the country. I never knew I would be here. You know, I always like tease tease my mom, be like, I'm going to IMG and blah blah blah. Now look what God has done. He has brought me to IMG, and I'm I'm being very successful over here. Remember, I just can't thank him enough. And, and um, like I said, um, if you have God on your side, anything is possible. That coming from Jaleel McRae, big words. Keep God on your side. Anything is possible. And for your granddad, and, you know my my connection and my you know everything that that my grandparents have been to me. And my grandmother made it to a hundred and a half in nine days on my mom's side. So give your best to your granddad and know that he's in our prayers too. And uh, and we hope nothing but the best for him. So thank you for taking some time with me, Jaleel. And, and above all things, thank you for giving a shout out to God. Everybody gets shout outs these days. It's nice to send one God's way. So I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is a wake up call. Fast break. The Pennant Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Pennant Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Pennant Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate.
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT to round out today's morning menu for Tuesday, February 20th. Typically, we are doing around 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time, the ingredients to success, but we will be rounding out the show with them here a few minutes later, always rounding out Tuesday's show with the ingredients to success, so here proudly presented by Utica Pizza Company. Very happy to have them be a part of the show every single week, and I thank them for their years of connection to Wake Up Call with Dan Tatora. I truly appreciate it very much. Jaleel McRae was just on the show. I want to thank Jaleel for being a part of the broadcast. I also want to give a special thanks to Otis Hill for being on today's show as well. So thank you for being a part of the show and for everything that you did today. I truly appreciate it. And I just found out that uh, Jaleel had uh, had made mention on social media this was his first radio interview. So proud to be the first radio interview for Jaleel McRae. And, and obviously we'll keep in touch with him in his process as he gets set to decide where he will be spending his time in college. Like I said, we spoke on Syracuse, Texas A&M, as well as Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, and North Carolina and NC State. There is not going to be a top five or a top ten. He is just going to make a choice on where he wants to go. So stay tuned here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tatora to find out where that'll be as we continue the coverage of this recruitment and recruiting trail for Jaleel McRae from IMG Academy, 2019 incoming freshman, and is currently playing down in Bradenton, Florida. So thank you to Jaleel and Thank you for making Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora your first radio spot. I appreciate it very much so. And thank you to Otis Hill, as always, for being a reoccurring voice here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. With that being said, the ingredients to success, proudly presented by Utica Pizza Company right here in Syracuse, New York. If you travel into Syracuse, it's literally minutes from Syracuse Hancock International Airport. And if you're living in the central New York and upstate New York area, you know where it's at. 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York, in the Mains Plaza, the former <clears throat> Mains Plaza right by Sweetheart Corners, you will find Utica Pizza Company. You could go there for dine-in, take-out, delivery, and catering. And if you need to call them up for catering as well as delivery and takeout, call 315-214-3060. And make sure to place an order for the wake-up call Chicken Riggy Pizza. If you've ever had Chicken Riggies, well, that's great. But the ones that they have at Utica Pizza Company are second to none. Throw those on top of a pizza, and we're having a party. Chicken Riggy Pizza, get it by the pie or the slice in the window, and you can call ahead and ask for it at Utica Pizza Company by calling 315-214-3060. With that being said, the ingredients to success for Syracuse. We've been talking about it throughout the show. The ingredients for Syracuse's success, a.k.a. a berth in the NCAA tournament, is to win two of their next four games. They don't have to win all four. They just have to win two of them. And I love that Ecto Cores just sent me in an, uh, for Utica Pizza Company. And mmm, I got a, I got a very, uh, very, very, I think that's about 37 M's. I think that's safe to say. So I, I definitely, I want to go today. I really do. Now that I'm sitting here talking about Utica Pizza Company, every time I do it and I talk about the Chicken Riggy Pizza, I get hungry for Chicken Riggy Pizza and then I want to go. So 
Just a wonderful thing that I do to myself, and hopefully to you too. So make sure you go out to Utica Pizza Company. If it's working on me to talk about it, hopefully it's working on you as well, because I have made myself very hungry this morning. So Utica Pizza Company, ingredients to success for Syracuse. Win two of your last four regular season games. I don't think they have to win a game in the ACC tournament. It would be great if they do so. If they're a 10 seed and they lose to Pittsburgh, that's going to leave a really bad taste in the mouth of the committee. So if it's that, it depends on where they're seated, right? If they if they lose to Pittsburgh, then we're talking about a big problem for Syracuse because Pittsburgh has not won a game in the ACC as of as of this point. They're 0 and 15, and they only have three games left to play. Could go 0 and 18. Could join the ranks of you know the Boston College Eagles of recent history not getting anything done in the ACC. So Wake Forest is at the bottom where I anticipated that they would be this season. No disrespect, just when I looked at what was coming for all these. I research all 15 schools, and I interview all 15 schools. And in my opinion, I had Pittsburgh, you know, not in the greatest footing. I had Wake Forest toward the bottom. I had Georgia Tech in, you know, in, in middle to the bottom. Notre Dame is surprising, but they're doing it without Bonzi Colson. So their 6-9 record and 16-12 and overall has a lot to do with that unfortunate injury. Boston College, they've been up and down. Syracuse, I thought, would be a little bit higher here. Miami, Florida State, NC State, you know, all these teams getting work done. I had Louisville in the top four. They're just outside of it right now. I had VTech in the top five, and that's where they are right now. And North Carolina, Duke up there, Virginia up there, and they're all up there at this point in time. So, you know, a lot of my predictions are holding strong and holding true right now, which is good stuff for me. I appreciate that very much that these teams are, you know, the teams that are where they are, a lot of them are, are where I had placed them. But for Syracuse to get to where they need to go, they got to win two of their last four, uh, last four uh, regular season games. And I would think that BC and anybody gets them in. BC, so they go 2-0 against BC this season. A win at BC and a win at Duke, they're in. North Carolina, BC, I think they're in. Clemson, BC, they might have to win a game in the ACC because I don't think Clemson has the respect that they deserve, even though they've been ranked in the top 25 and they're in the top four in the ACC. I still feel like, you know, there's, there's teams that get a little more oomph and I think that those are the North Carolinas and the Dukes. But if we look at it right now in the AP and the USA Today, uh, very interesting. The top four is the same for the AP and the USA Today coaches poll, but Virginia's won in the AP and Michigan State's won in the USA Today. So that was a little bit interesting. Duke is five. That'd be a huge win for Syracuse. They're ranked in the top five of 351 schools. They're in the top two of the ACC, and they've only lost one home game. So... Syracuse beats Duke, I think they have a huge argument of winning at Duke, at Georgetown, at Miami, and at Louisville to get into the NCAA tournament. But I think it's safe if they beat Duke and any of those other games they're in. But I think Duke's the key one. I think if you beat North Carolina and nobody else, the committee might question some things. If you beat Clemson and nobody else, if you beat BC and nobody else, same situation. But if you win at Duke and for some reason they don't win any of those other three games against North Carolina at home, Clemson at home, and BC on the road, I think that's the game that you circle as like the golden nugget that you make a case for and say, well, you won the Duke game at Duke at at Cameron Indoor. I think that that's the biggest argument they can make. If they're only going to win one of their next four, Duke's got to be that one. But I think two makes it safe for Syracuse to move forward because 
if you win two of your last four regular season games, then that means one of them, if not both of them, are against the top four in the ACC. So that would be great for Syracuse moving forward. Just take a look at where everything's at right now. Middle Tennessee, a team that in the 2016 NCAA tournament was given no respect, and then they spanked Michigan State. They didn't beat Michigan State. They beat down Michigan State. I was at that game. I was in St. Louis. I was covering Syracuse and the rest of the games that were there. Middle Tennessee State spanked Michigan State as a 15 seed. Then everybody's like, well, that's a fluke and blah, blah, blah. They came back last year and won a game in the tournament. This year, they're going to the end of the regular season, currently ranked in the top 25 in both the coaches and the AP poll. Good for you, Middle Tennessee. Always got to root for a team that has what they have. I mean, what they've been doing with their season and to get ranked at the top 25 this late in the season, that's three years in a row that they have demanded that you believe that they are not a fluke and they are not a Cinderella because if they're a Cinderella, they've been to three balls, so to speak, if they make it to this next one. So you got to think about that. If Cinderella's going, getting invited to the ball every single year, you got to come to a point where Cinderella is no longer Cinderella and she's just one of those pretty girls that always gets that invitation. She's always got that credential and that VIP status. So shout out to Middle Tennessee State for their work. Rhode Island keeping it, making it happen. They're in the top 18 again this week. We look at Clemson, who's 15 in the AP and 17 in the coaches poll. So that would be another big one for Syracuse. North Carolina is ranked 10th in both polls. So that would be a huge one for Syracuse this Wednesday. So a lot coming up for the Orange right now, and I'm very excited to see where they're going to take it. You better come out and see us this Wednesday. Huge game for the Orange. Top 10 North Carolina, Syracuse hosting the Tar Heels at 7 p.m. But two hours before tip-off at 5 o'clock, we will be at Lees and Staggerwalds with Dale Shackelford, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum, and myself, Dan Tatora, previewing the game. So you don't want to miss that. Come and see us at Lees and Staggerwald at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday, February 21st, and then head up to the Dome after that for the 7 p.m. tip-off game, the second-to-last home game for Syracuse in the regular season. And if they play their cards right, they will not have to be playing any more games inside of the Carrier Dome this year. So sad for the fans, but happy for the fans, because if they're not playing at home, it means that they're not in the NIT. So... There you go for the Syracuse Orange. With that being said, wrapping up this ingredients to success, like I said, win against Duke, and you and that's the best one you can get if you get one of four. You win two of those last four. Syracuse is in the tournament, in my opinion. So your ingredients to success, take care of it and do it now. Win that game against North Carolina, and then know that you only got to win one more with a ton of momentum going to Duke and then to BC and back home for Clemson, where they're going to be honoring the career point leader, Lawrence Moten with an extra little oomph at the end of the game at the end of the season as well this Syracuse men's basketball team want to take a look at it really quick here when you look at how Syracuse has played this season they have played very well at home and you know they normally they take care of the carrier dome but on the road as well they've been taking care of business team is four and four on the road one and one on neutral territory and 13 and four at home they have 18 wins, two will get them to 20, and I think that that's the magical ingredient to get them into the tournament because 20 wins this season was very hard. This is a tough season, and I said it. There was going to be upsets this season, and somebody was like, oh, yeah, Dan, big 
release, you know, big, you know, kind of VIP status message that there's going to be an upset this year. And I was like, I didn't say there's going to be an upset. I said, this might be the year of the upsets, big time upsets. And we've seen them. We've seen them with Duke and Boston College, the first game played in the ACC this season. So I said that this would be a year where we might see more upsets than we're used to seeing. And where we stand right now, it's been very, very difficult to get to 21. So ingredients to success for Syracuse, get to 20 in your regular season, which means you got to win two of four. And any of those two should get you into the tournament. Duke, I think, is the coveted one to make sure you get. But if you get North Carolina, that sends you into Cameron Indoor with a ton of momentum, winning against Miami in Coral Gables, Florida, North Carolina at home, and then getting to face Duke after that. And then you got BC and Clemson. And Syracuse has been a road team. It's been a pain in the butt to play against this season. So I give them some credit with their road wins, especially their recent at Louisville and at Miami. Their last two road games they've won, which bodes well for them. So they've already got some ingredients to success. They control their destiny and where they land in the ACC tournament seating, as well as if they make it to the NCAA tournament. Win two, and you should be good to go. That being said, we're good to go here on Wake Up Call, and I will talk with you tomorrow on Wednesday, February 21st, with a very special first-time-ever conversation with Danny Shays of the Syracuse Orange. I'll talk with you tomorrow morning.